It's showtime. Bob Kincaid, three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. With my apologies for yesterday, here we go, off and running on this 26th day of January, 2023. This is The Horn, headon.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. That is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the great globe round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And thank you. Thank you for listening live, for listening to the podcast, however you get this program. Thank you for taking part in it. This is a fantastic and unique little community that's been here for almost 20 years. And it, it absolutely kind of amazes me from time to time. Uh, but thank you. And, of course, when you're listening on whatever platform, please like it. Please subscribe. Please leave a comment. And uh, tell your friends and neighbors, we'd love to grow this community and uh, enhance and invigorate the dialogue and the discussion. I, I think it would be just fantastic. And if you do, go to head on, head on .live. well, uh, pop over, and you pop over to the chat room and pick yourself out a screen name and a password, etc., etc., etc. Well, there's not really an etc. It's all free and easy to participate in. And, uh, well, you'll be greeted by... Early arrivers, uh, Irish Dave and Squeaky, and capably moderated by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, being a third stage skilled navigator, has indeed folded space to become man cave, and he is capably assisted by assisted by pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan, as well as Horn Chief Agronomist and head mathematician and. Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Roger in Oregon. A lot of cops, because I'm in there, too. I'm not really a cop, but <laughs> Steve's right there. Steve, too many cops. Yeah, uh, we've got, uh, well, we've got we've got one cop for every chatter at this point, because I don't count. But hey, Theo, thanks for popping by, popping in. Good to see you. And, again, I my apologies for yesterday. Uh... Well, the long and the short of it is, I don't think she'll mind me telling you. Uh, my daughter Margie uh, has had a consult for 
um, for bariatric surgery. Uh, and she's really, really excited about it. And it's kind of complicated, though, and you get a lot of things you got to do. So she had a uh, she had a, a, a an education. You have to go. You have to take a class, apparently. And so I had to take her there yesterday afternoon, and that took a while. And that meant that I, you know I didn't. I don't think I rolled in the door here until sometime after six, and not exactly in good form. To open the microphone and just start talking about stuff, because I, uh, contrary to popular opinion, I actually do like I do like to put even though I don't script anything, I like to put together a little agenda of the thing of the you know the stories that I want to focus on, want to touch on, and so that was just impossible yesterday. So my apologies, um, and. Uh, my daughter is having uh, is is having the, the the surgery. Be three to six months out. The booking is so deep, but she's having it because she has struggled for years and years and years with PCOS. Uh, the women in the audience will know what that is, and a few guys even maybe. Uh, it's not a good thing, but this will hopefully resolve some of those problems that can then work on and they're yeah and get her in uh, get her in uh, good form her birthday's coming up soon and hope to you know maybe take her to lunch or something um, and well I just wanted to let you know why I wasn't here I wasn't just goal bricking I wasn't just you know playing hooky no um, but I got some lovely notes and I'm going to share those with uh, in, in uh uh, in a minute. Uh, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so consequently, we begin every program you know, by thanking our, sub, our uh, Podbean, uh, Podbean, PayPal subscribers for that particular day. So thanks go out to our 26th day of the month subscribers that means thanks to Ralphs and thank you to uh, Emilio thank you so much um, thanks as well uh, yesterday because we have to do that too thank you to Roger thank you Roger uh, in Ohio thank you and thank you to Peter and thank you to Mark Thank you so much. And by the way, thank you to Cecilia for jumping in on the 24th. I would have been thanking her yesterday, but, well, wasn't here. But thank you all for keeping this little program on the air. So what that means for us is that the fundraising goal right now sits at $840. Um, it's not like the emails that go out from some of the other platforms that are just text, text platforms and uh, say, you know, we got to raise $50,000 right now. Or we're screwed. Now it's just eight hundred and forty dollars, and if uh, if uh, some folks can help us meet some of that, maybe we won't have a Friday on the front porch, uh, desperately humongous community-made fundraising miracle to look at tomorrow. But it's eight hundred and forty bucks, and so basically what that means is today, yesterday doesn't count. I wasn't here. We don't fundraise on shows that I miss. Uh, so that's today and Tuesday, 
and then $240 of Monday. So basically we're trying to fund this week. So hopefully, hopefully that will happen. I said I got some uh, some really good uh, correspondence, and I did. Um, wanted to share uh, some of them. Um, I had a note, and this really touched me deeply, from James. Um, he said, I consider myself a fan. I first discovered you on the Mike Malloy Show and then started listening to your podcast. I've been a loyal Patreon member for, I can't even remember how long, several years. Listened in on your nightly free-form intellectual and cultural magic show that always left me feeling informed and grateful for all the insights and wisdom. I love that phrase, James. Thank you. Uh, nightly free-form intellectual and cultural magic show. I like that a lot. I might have to put that one to work. Um... Be it Shakespeare, Star Trek, food porn, a light sprinkling of legalese, and a full-spectrum cultural roller coaster ride. Bravo! I was there the night you came out as transgender and followed your journey of transition, living your true, authentic life. Lately, however, I'm finding it difficult to make it through a show without finding myself slipping into an emotional rage and walking away. I meditated on what could be causing such an intense anger response in me, and I finally found a bit of clarity. It's the idea of running away. I've been black and gay my whole life. I've been regarded as an intellectual anomaly in college, an oddity in my daily life, and often referred to my face as articulate and well-behaved and one of the good ones. Freshman year organic chemistry professor branded me with that one. It's been fun. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've been stopped and harassed by the police for every and any imagined infraction I might be guilty of. I've had police threaten to throw me off a bridge because I looked suspicious, then stopped jogging, walking, breathing. There's no escape from the hatred, suspicion, racism, and stupidity I've endured, and yet I thrive. I have my friends, my family, my creative career, and my own growing business. This country made me, and it will not destroy me. I've not succumbed to drink, drug, self-loathing, or self-destruction. You've had the privilege of being a white man, now a white woman, and a member of the LGBTQ community of humans. You, maybe knowingly or not, still exist in a place of incredible privilege and opportunity. You cannot undergo the monumental experience of surgically reimagining your body to match your gender identity and rid your mind of the dysphoria that must have haunted you and think of hiding or retreating. You cannot commit that act of life-altering bravery and then even consider running away. You can't allow small-minded, politically cynical idiots drive you out of your home. If we all chose to run away, who then would be left to stand up to this hatred and vile, cynical, political bullshit? Where can I run? What country? What state? What region? Everywhere I go, I am still unavoidably black. Unbroken, unafraid, well-informed, and well-preserved. Thriving. You cannot allow this shit to scare you. I know you're still new to your new life. Buck up, baby. Strength, wisdom, and potential is inside you. Not a moment of self-editing or self-doubt or hidden self-loathing. Let it out. You cannot run. A warrior lies within. If you don't believe me, just go look in the mirror. Peace, passion, and power. Thrive, bitch. 
P.S. On a lighter note, if you need a moment of fortification, just Google Lizzo's song special and put it on repeat. All with respect and good wishes. Please be strong. James, I cannot thank you enough for that. That is profound in the extreme. And a lot of it is where my heart lives. And, you know, a week ago last night, like I said, I found out about that, that, that odious bill here in West Virginia about 30 minutes before airtime. And I apologize for the fact that I freaked right the hell out on air. I did. Because, well, we all, the, the fight or flight impulse, I think, comes from the lizard brain, doesn't it? The amygdala. Um, and, and, whoop, flight lit right up. I don't want to. I, right now, I, I, I don't plan to, uh, short of having a plan to, if they, if they pass, if they, if they, if they pass a bill that makes it a felony for me to exist, I'm not doing anybody any good in the penitentiary. That's the, that's the standard here. Um. Oh, by the way, there's a new one, another bill out, HB, or SB 278. Mm, that would basically probably make me uh, make me a law violator if I happen to attend a drag show. No, really. I mean, and I've gone to them, you know, as an act of solidarity. Um, been there with friends. But my presence there as a trans woman would make, well, it says... Uh, um, at least a $1,000 fine and up to six months in the county jail. And the creepy part is there's there's a whole nother month of this, uh, of this legislature yet to go. The evil that lurks in their heart knows no bounds. But I, 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 so, appreci- I so appreciate the vote of confidence, James. I read this, I read your note last night as I was sort of sitting around wishing I'd gotten here in time to be on air, I really hate missing the program. I don't like not being behind this microphone between the hours of 5 and 8 Eastern Standard Time. So I thank you. I thank you for all the kindness and all the, and, and all the uplift of your words. I cannot thank you enough. I love that. Peace, passion, and power. Thrive, bitch. This bitch is going to try. Absolutely. And uh, Kyle. Uh, well, uh, Kyle sent along uh, some words and said this is a personal note and explained why he been away for a while. And, uh, you know, Kyle, not a, uh, thank you. Thank you for being part of this community. And thank you for being as strong as you are and bearing up under the most difficult circumstance. Um, heard from Roxanne. Thank you for your kind words and for reading my poem. It meant so much to me. My name is Roxanne. I've always loved my name, except when young men would sing Sting's version as I walked down the halls of a hospital I worked at as a young person. If you take the name, wear it with pride. Definitely say it out loud. Your words made my significant other of 40 years cry. You touched this old cynical heart. May you and yours be well. Oh, Roxanne, you too. You too. 
it's one of the things I love about this little community. We we lift each other up, and we refuse to let each other suffer, or 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 be suffused in sorrow and grief. We're disseminated all around this little blue green marble that's hurtling in helical fashion through the cosmos. And though we may never set eyes on one another, this is the nexus whereby we connect with each other and make sure that everybody knows that we care. So thank you for that, Roxanne. Thank you so much. And yeah, one of these days, you know, when I'm not paying power bills and sweating those or sweating the, you know, sweat, sweating the power bill, sweating the internet, sweat, sweating the telephony, sweating everything, um, I'm going to go over and get my name done. And yes, uh, because my, I have, I have two, there, there are two middle names and it'll just make things a complete mess for me on computer forms and whatnot. But there's a, there's a, uh, a name that my great grandmother on my father's side had, and then my great grandmother on my mother's side, she too was a Roxanne. And I thought it would be nice to take both of those names and add it to Robin. What the heck? Let's have all the names, shall we? So, uh, thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you, Roxanne. Thank you. Um, thank you, Kyle. And thank you, Charles. Uh, uh, Charles wrote and said, I'm writing to express my appreciation for your wit, commentary, and humor. And uh, I will, uh, I'll be writing back, uh, Charles. And I, yeah, feel free to, feel free to run the program. Maybe that'll be sufficient. Uh, another place where people can find uh, find the program. Uh, I had another note from Kyle. Uh, Robin, please stop apologizing for missing one show, and good luck to your daughter with her surgery. I feel the necessity. I, I can't help it. I do. I, I can't help but apologize, because I don't like missing this. This is where I'm supposed to be every evening. And Kyle adds, uh, also... James's message made me tear up. Me too. Me too. Y'all do that to me more than you know. The notes that I receive off air, text messages, um, messenger posts, and the like. Yeah. Um. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you to uh, Stephen New York catching up on a challenge from last week. Thank you. Um, Lee in New York says uh, an old friend of mine had bariatric surgery um, I saw the change in the profile picture the dramatic change made me ask what happened it was his 50th birthday present to himself and part two he's a Republican who credits himself for his successes if you failed at anything it was your fault yes he was that unaware of the obvious contradiction I do not fault his need for elective surgery, but when you seek help, you are not the only one responsible for who you are. No. And this is this is kind of not elective. Uh, this is more, by the way, of treating sequelae from a greater problem. Or sequelae. 
I hate it when I mess up my Latin. Uh, now, this being Thorn in the Side Thursday, we've got uh, we've got a, a number of potential thorns to pluck. Um, Kim in New York sent this along uh, with the uh, note. Well, isn't this delightful? Just in case you missed it, Barr pressed Durham to find flaws in the Russia investigation. It didn't go well. Bill Barr is such a dirtbag. Pure and simple. Um, Charlie Savage, Adam Goldman, and Katie Benner writing for the New York Times. It became a regular litany of grievances from President Donald J. Trump and his supporters. The investigation into his 2016 campaign's ties to Russia was a witch hunt. And had been opened without any good reason to do it. Never mind the fact that ah, the then Russian ambassador to the United States was an honored guest at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland in 2016. But who's counting? So lo and behold, back before January the 6th, 2021, and the terrorist attack upon that day, and upon the Capitol and upon the Constitution. Well, that was that was before Bill Barr, the prosecution, found his tipping point and realized that if he went another step forward, he might be a man without a law license. So back in 2019, doing the bidding of his orange god emperor, Bill Barr, the prosecution, well, he... Uh, went digging around to find a conspiracy theory uh, by the intel community or law enforcement agencies or uh, some kids selling grit door-to-door, but anything. And that's when, he found, that's, that's when he went to John Durham, made him a special counsel, and, well, John Durham's four-year investigation, otherwise known as the padding of his nest egg, well, he's got nothing. A months-long review by the New York Times found that the main thrust of the Durham inquiry was marked by some of the very same flaws, including a strained justification for opening it and its role in fueling partisan conspiracy theories that would never be charged in court that Trump allies claim characterized the Russia investigation. The Times exhaustively interviewed over a dozen uh, officials, both current and former. And they really did a good, the Times did a, 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 a fine job of pointing out just what, you, what a sleazy, ginned up, gummed up, rubed up, dirtied up, hack job John Durham was sent to do. Uh, In fact, uh, one of the things they hid was that back in 2019, a tip from Italian officials uh, led to a criminal investigation into sketchy financial maneuvers related to Nitwit Nero. Durham brought no charges, of course, 
and uh, John Bullshit Durham also used intel memos from Mother Russia to try to get into emails from an aide to Oh, God, here we go again. George Soros. George Soros! Whose very name is sufficient to get any number of right-wing punks and pissants hopping up and down and flinging poo at the walls. And apparently, the... Durham team really didn't much like each other. That's why his number two investigator, Nora Danahy, um, bailed out in 2020. Then two more prosecutors, uh, well, they uh, evinced their profound displeasure over the prosecutorial well, lack of ethics of the Durham investigation and objected to uh, the indictment of a lawyer whose crime was uh, having worked for the Hillary campaign. Durham went ahead with the indictment and then got his ass handed to him in court. So the whole article is kind of a a, a heads up for uh, a nasty piece of information coming along. Pretty much in the coming weeks or perhaps months. Meanwhile, Bill Barr... Uh, who back then was a, and still is a piece of crap, said, now we're going to get to the bottom of what happened back in 2016, and it cannot be and it will not be a tit-for-tat exercise. We're not going to lower the standards just to achieve a result. And then went about the business of engaging in a tit-for-tat and lowering the standards. And Robert Luskin represented a couple of witnesses, and he told the Times, this stuff has my head spinning. When did these guys drink the Kool-Aid, and who served it to them? Well, that would be Bill Barr. And we can all remember the hatchet job that he did on the Mueller investigation, trying to take the teeth out of it before... uh, yeah, before it could ever become public. There was nothing there. Bill Barr said so. They found no evidence of any crime. Bullshit. The Mueller report is chock-a-block full of, 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 of potential crimes. It's just that, well, Bill Barr to prosecution made it clear to Robert Mueller that, in, as, as make West Virginia great big old Governor Jim Justice would put it, no way, shape, form, or fashion... Were there going to be any charges proffered against uh, the god, the orange god emperor? <sighs> Thanks for the reminder, Kim. Thank you so much. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut adding, I hope the Senate Judiciary Committee opens an investigation into what you're discussing right now. 
course, I'm no fan of Dick Durbin. He, Coons, and that other one there that ran as Hillary's vice presidential running mate recently threw Biden under the bus with the classified documents tobacco. Of course, cricket since, you know, pants. And the, archi- the National Archives are now saying, uh, hey, y'all, if you used to be the president or the vice president, could you go through your shit, please, and see if you've got any confidential, any, any, you know, confidential information or top secret stuff or classified documents just kind of, you know, laying around, maybe there in the back of the toilet tank there for a little light reading when people are going to be there for a little bit or there under the under that under under the coffee table books. Just just look around, would you please? And Darlene mentions Tim Kaine, uh, Hillary's running mate. I remember how excited we all were when she named Tim Kaine. But people have been waiting with bated breath to see if he was going to run again in Virginia in 2024 to hold his Senate seat. You know, the fact is, and maybe maybe Debbie Stabenow up in Michigan had a good reason for declaring she, Maybe she felt like the seat would be safe because Michigan is reliably blue right now, but it's still got a mm, boat, boatload of shit weasels scurrying all over the place. I can't mow my snow. Um, but I can't believe that Tim Tim Kaine would not run. I mean, he, he's never going to set anybody on a fire with his oratory or anything, but once again, we're just counting people with D's behind their name, and that includes Tim Kaine and not making things any harder than they already are and for 2024, God knows it's going to be hard enough. And by the way, my my email inbox is positively trashed with fundraising appeals from Katie Porter and Adam Schiff. Because on the day that today that Adam Schiff announced his candidacy uh, in the senatorial primary for 2024 with Katie Porter already having announced um, and I haven't seen I presume some sort of a statement uh, from DiFi saying that you know she wants to spend more time with her family and God knows I wish she would um, those two and perhaps others Barbara Lee has been mentioned We'll duke it out in the primary. And hopefully that's at least one race that will wind up with a Democrat in office. We hope, we so hope, that we don't have to worry about. Annette and I were talking just the other day about the fact that as odious and hateful and and awful and terrible and bad... As Joe to the Mansion born is, that D counts for a lot when it comes time to sorting out who's got the majority. And this is one of those moments in time when I just kind of have to remind our community 
that in 2024, the choice here in the in the Democratic primary in 2024, it'll be somebody who doesn't have a chance uh, versus Joe Manchin. You know, maybe they'll be backed by some of those out-of-state outfits that use the money that they raise hating on Joe Manchin to advance other candidates somewhere else. That's what happened in 2018. Um, and then Joe Manchin will face... Maybe Alex Looney Mooney, who is a maggot of the first order, or possibly because he's made some gerblings and burblings and bleedings and cruddings about it, make West Virginia great big old Governor Jim Justice. In no way, shape, form, or fashion have I ruled out a potential run to serve the people of West Virginia and my various business interests in in the Senate of the new United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth, now today in the universe forever under God. And of course, either of those Lulus, and you know, watch this space, there may be more Lulus, will make Joe Manchin look like Eugene V. Debs. Or Bernie. Or Emma Goldman. You know, pick your pick your favorite historic left winger. Joe Manchin will look like that compared to whatever the Republicans put up against him. And so West Virginia will remain, uh, to use that complicated political science term, squoed. Sometimes I think that's just our job in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of the United States of America. We need one state that's just... Well, Ursula K. Le Guin, many years ago, wrote a short story that said... Uh, a short story titled, the, the Ones Who Walk Away from Amalas. And it was a philosophical and ethical inquiry into just how much misery society will tolerate. Curiously enough, um, something that seemed very much like that short story, um, I can't remember if it was uh, Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds or was it uh, was it the Orville? that had a story of a single individual whose being was sacrificed for the happiness of everyone else. Because that's kind of the plot of the ones who walk away from Amalas. I remember Dr. Bill talking about that story years ago, and, and he was just absolutely blown away by it. I'd read it sometime in college. Went back and reread it. But I think that, in many ways, I think that that is that's the that's the that's the function that West Virginia serves. The entire nation can look at themselves and their problems and then say, "Yeah, but at least we're not West Virginia." I mean, it's a running gag that Arkansas says, "Thank God for Mississippi," and. Alabama says, thank God for Mississippi. But they all say, thank God for West Virginia. 
That's heartbreaking in its own way. And one of the things that sort of played into my thinking about my continued presence here in this state that I do so love is that I have lived long enough to see this state go from a reliably blue state where the rights of workers were, well, a lot higher than they are now, where a strong union presence created whatever semblance of a middle class that West Virginia has, to, you know, here and now. Oh, wow, the, uh, Theo and his beloved met uh, Ms. Le Guin at, uh, at one point in time. I think that's just wonderful. At a cherished local bookstore. Um, but anyway, there's no... There, in the, in the, but in the grand scheme of 2024 and the Senate race, you could worry yourself into an early ulcer pretty quick. Just thinking about things like having to having having to contest an open Senate seat in a place like Virginia. I mean, Tim Kaine is free to do what he does wants, but you know, unless he's got um, a galloping case of the Ghana Herpa Sipple whatever, um, he needs to stay the hell put, even if he's not uh, even even if he's not a raging. You know, or even even-tempered progressive. Um, yeah, it was the Orville, wasn't it? Thank you, Lee, serving as the Horn Science Fiction Series Research Department. It was the Orville. God, that season of the or- Orville was fantastic. There were a couple that just absolutely made me ball. Um, going back to top-secret docs on the toilet tank, Scott in San Diego says, I'm so old I remember the more innocent and simpler times when more often than not that space was occupied by a copy of Jokes for the John. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, a Reader's Digest from 1961. Will we really make it into space? (sighs) Yeah. I know. I know Scott Red does. Uh, Darlene asks, uh, so Nara is asking for that, huh? What about the dead presidents like George H.W. Bush and Reagan and Ford and Nixon and et al.? Holy shit. Well, presumably anything that, I guess with regard to the dead ones, Darlene, Nara would have been uh, involved in the um, archiving of the presidential libraries. Lord, it took some doing to sort out Nixon's shit. And that's that's saying a lot in a very little space. But it does it does leave the question open and, and I'm not being accusatory here, but maybe maybe uh um 
maybe we need to. I don't. Do we do we need to rethink the classification system? I had one little notion that I thought might answer some of the questions. Probably wrong, but. I know at the very least former presidents, except Nitwit Nero, are often kept in the loop on national security matters as a matter of courtesy in case they, in case they ever need to get together in the uh, double secret probation ex-president's um, chamber of contemplation cone of silence and put their noggins together and come up with the answer to some tough questions. Could that be some I don't I don't know if ex vice presidents are included in that. Lord, I think about Dan Quayle. That just makes my eyeballs roll back and start looking at the inside of my cranium. Dan I'm going to Latin America makes me wish I'd studied more Latin. Quail? The guy we thought was the absolute bottom of the basement for what a bad vice presidential choice could be? Yeah. Um... Kyle, the only surprising thing about the George Soros angle on the John Durham bullshit is that they didn't say he funded the whole Russia hoax or paid Kisley Act to be at the Republican National Convention in 2016 to make them look bad. And I don't understand why Tim Kaine wouldn't be running. He's not a firebrand, but he's very safe. And I really hope that the Dems having two high-profile candidates running for the same Senate seat in California doesn't screw it up, too. The potential for screw-ups is never zero. And I think about, well, I don't know. If Tim Kaine stepped down and didn't run, would uh, Glenn Youngkin decide he was tired of governating and run uh, run for the Senate seat? A lot of ambition, that Glenn Youngkin... Well, that's true. Randy Radar, uh, I mentioned uh, Dan Quayle. And, you know, <laughs> until Sarah Palin came along, that's the thing. We thought that he was the lowest, and every time we think we found the basement, <laughs> boom, we open another trap door, and it goes even deeper. Um. Oh, no, okay. Um, with a retraction from the... Uh, Horn ad hoc science fiction series department. Uh, oops, it was Strange New Worlds, season one, episode six. Lift us where suffering cannot reach. Well, thank you for that. It takes a big man to admit when he didn't get it right the first time. Um. Uh, 
And uh, let's see here. Uh, let us by all means get into some of the more meaty news of the day. I wanted to, uh, I, I had some uh, on, on Tuesday that I uh, didn't quite get to. Got a bit of a an obituary here. A 41-year-old guy named Nathan Larson has... Uh, gone to his long home. I'm guessing it's hell, if hell was real. Um, he's, he's described in news reports as a former politician and a, get the bucket, wait for it, pedophile advocate. At one point in time, he ran a campaign, since we've been talking about the old dominion, he ran a campaign in Virginia to legalize child pornography. Well, he died back on September 18th, 2022. He was in a prison in Arizona receiving medical care. Uh, and uh, he'd previously been an inmate of the Fresno County Jail in California when he stopped eating. He starved himself to death. He's being held on felony charges for soliciting child pornography and other offenses. Bet we know how he voted. Uh, back on June 21st, he was diagnosed. This is this is kind of a strange story. He was diagnosed with COVID-19, and they treated him with remdesivir. But he continued to have severe and profound muscular weakness. And uh, eventually, they horizontally crucified him, you know, put him on a vent. They weaned him off the ventilator August 14th. And then the report of the Maricopa County Medical Examiner said, Further review of the medical records indicate discussion with the decedent and his sister confirmed suicidal ideation with cessation of food and water approximately six weeks prior to admission into hospital. It is also noted discussion with the sister and the decedent's attorney confirmed prior suicidal ideations and attempts were made by the decedent by refusing to intake food and water. Based on the external examination findings and investigative history as available to me, it is my opinion that Nathan Daniel Larson, 41-year-old male, died as a result of complications of protein calorie malnutrition and Wernicke's encephalopathy. The manner of death is suicide. You know, I think for this guy, I'll go ahead and uh, suspend the usual rule of nil nisi bonum and say, good. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Not only was he a uh, an advocate for child pornography, he uh, was also a white supremacist. So this is like a double good. 
He'd been extradited to Fresno when police uh, found out that he drank. What is it with Virginia again? Remember the guy who went, uh, the 29-year-old incel creep who catfished a young woman in Riverside? Drove all the way, by the way, he was a cop. Uh, drove all the way across the country, yeah. Murdered the little girl's grandparents and her mama. Burned down their house. And then kidnapped the girl. And then wound up dead. Remember him? Well, uh, it turns out that Larson, Nathan Daniel Larson, uh, well, he had been uh, busted for traveling from Virginia to California in 2020 to abduct a 12-year-old girl whom he had groomed online. He was a real groomer. Just like the dead guy who went to Riverside and murdered three people was a real groomer. No mention of him being a drag queen anywhere. Funny, that. And, of course, uh, Kyle kind of picked up on that, too. Earlier, talking about stupidity in high office. Kyle said, it makes me miss the simpler times when we thought W would never be surpassed as the stupidest and worst president ever. I know, those those are the Halkin days, Kyle, the Halkin days. Calliope music playing, yes. Wait, Robin, Kyle adds, you mean to tell me that it's not them evil Democrats in the LGBTQ plus community trying to legalize pedophilia? This is the most shocking news of all time. Groomers! Yeah, I know. The real groomers are out there, and the Republicans aren't even remotely interested in them. Saw a story the other day where a uh, uh, a teacher, a woman, had been uh, apprehended on multiple counts of having groomed a 16-year-old boy and then had sex with him. Also, not queer. Also, not a drag queen. Not trans. Just a cisgendered, heterosexual white woman. Oops. Yeah. White supremacist groomer. I'm, uh, hard-pressed to feel too terribly beaten up about that. Yeah, she was the woodworking teacher. Um, at Nixa High School in Nixa, Missouri, 27-year-old Lena Stewart Six felonies, sexual contact with a male student, three counts, statutory sodomy, two counts, and statutory rape, one count, and a misdemeanor count of sexual misconduct. Arrested January 22nd, released the 23rd on $25,000 bond. And uh, she groomed him on a secret Instagram account. Groomers! 
And since we have, uh, for some reason or another, found ourselves camped out in Virginia a little bit, well, uh, Glenn Youngkin, uh, you remember, uh, he's, the, he's the guy who became governor of Virginia with a big old pot full of money from uh, anti-LGBTQ hate groups under the guise of parental choice. And he, he, he ran on uh, one of his strengths being that he, he was a businessman. You know, when a politician runs and tells you he's a businessman, grab your wallet and run. Well, the businessman, and, and he was, he was like the principal partner or CEO of some or something of, uh, oh, um, what, what was that hedge fund that uh, uh, Bishop Willard Romney was so deep in? It was either that or BlackRock. I can't remember which. But uh, Ford, the Ford Motor Company, wanted to build a factory in old Virginia that would have created literally thousands of jobs. in an area of Virginia that does not have thousands of jobs. He did so because it was a partnership between Ford Motor Company and a company called Contemporary Amperics Technology Company Limited, also known as CATL, Cattle, the world's largest manufacturer of batteries for electric vehicles. They've got 50% of the market share. One of the single most important suppliers to, ew, Tesla. The uh, factory was going to represent a $3.5 billion investment. And they were going to produce batteries for Ford's growing fleet of electric vehicles. And like I said, 2,500 jobs. It's, uh, the story was initially reported by the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Uh, the uh, plant would have been built on uh, at a place called Berry Hill in Pennsylvania County. Virginia's dropped some $200 million over 15 years to entice businesses to the Berry Hill area. And after those $200 million in 15 years, there's not a single tenant there. Well, there was going to be one. But then Glenn Youngkin had to, uh, and this is the problem, you know, with being one of these reactionary extremist Republicans. He's painted, Youngkin is, as being a you know, normal Republican. He... he 
See, he's normal because he, even though Nitwit Nero was itching to go and campaign for him in old Virginia, he said, no, 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 that'll be fine. We're, we're doing great here. Now, you just play some more golf. Uh, and so he became governor with that aforementioned great big pot of money from hate groups. Well, back on January the 11th, in his State of the State address, Glenn Youngkin said, well, I've said before that I want made in America to mean made in Virginia. But let me be clear, made in Virginia can't be a front for the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, he, he may not, that, that damn fool may not even talk like that. Doesn't matter. It's the attitude that counts. And so he railed against the Chai Coms. Even though even though this would probably have been I mean this would have been a huge financial boon to that part of Virginia. I mean, not as much of a boon as it might have been if they put it down in say Wise County. Of course, about somewhere between a third and a half of Wise County is just gone. Been blown to kingdom come. And coal companies always say, well, you know, we're cre- there's not enough flat land in Appalachia, and what we're doing is we're, we're creating flat land where we can have some economic development. Now, curiously, you probably can't build a massive uh, $3.5 billion battery factory on ground that you can't get to solidify and you know, remain stable because it's been blown all to hell. Never mind. But he had to. It, it, Glenn Youngkin had to had to bow and scrape to the people who who vote for him and you know pick their teeth with their toenail clippings. So he nixed twenty five hundred jobs. God only knows how much tax revenue for the state coffers. And later on, he said, to, "Well, you know." Biden administration has a maniacal focus on getting rid of all fossil fuel generation, replacing it with solar, wind, or replacing every car immediately with batteries, when the reality is that the technology that in fact drives all that is owned and dominated by the Chinese. China. wonder why that is. wonder why the world battery uh, uh, technology capital isn't the new 90 states of America. Might it have something to do with, say, um, mm, fossil fuel companies trying to make sure that the fox continued to guard the hen house? I love that line, though, that we're going to replace every car with batteries. Mighty nice battery you got sitting in the driveway there, Bill. Well, thank you, Fred. I replaced my car with it. I can't really go anywhere on this battery. I mean, it doesn't have wheels or anything, but, well, you know, that's what you get with the maniacal Biden administration's determination to replace cars with batteries. He went on, Glenn Youngkin did, to describe the partnership between Ford and Cattle 
as a Trojan horse relationship. I guess Ford is the horse, and the hordes of Chicoms inside the holler horse are going to come pouring out and ravage Richmond. It'll, well, damn it, it, it'll be just like 1865 all over again. But there's a reason to believe that with the with the ascension of the uh, lunatic caucus in the House of Representatives, we're going to hear a lot more like this. Uh, Marco Rubio uh, down in Florida, and um, a maggot named Mark Green in Tennestan. Uh, they're worried about a battery company in Texas that got a Department of Energy grant because they've got some Chinese operations too. And if there's a clean energy firm out there, there's a Republican looking for a, a connection to China. Oh, and by the way, way down at the bottom of the article, this. Some Virginia politicians saw the move as little more than an attempt to court Republican voters ahead of Youngkin's potential 2024 presidential bid. Well, jump in, Glenn. Jump in, sugar. The more the merrier. We need, we need more clowns in the center ring. Him, Nitwit Nero... Ron Monkey up to Clantis. Hopefully just beating the living bejesus out of each other. Uh, Glenn Youngkin's up here. He wouldn't have won the governorship of Virginia without me. Wait. He did win it without me. You must be one of those disloyal ones. But honest to God, if you wanna if you wanna see the, the fawning weirdo devotion that some of these maggots still have for their orange god emperor. Witness one representing Troy Nels, N-E-H-L-S, from Texas. He was on the Fox News TV radio Rwanda earlier today to bitch and moan and piss and moan and bellyache about the United States supporting Ukraine. That's a bold move. Uh, weird. Oddly enough, that's not a weird flex for Republicans these days. Troy Nels was on with John Roberts. And uh, most of it was... Uh, well, they had Troy Nels on because apparently he's driven a tank. Yeah, and now Fox is trying to scare Emory and Marveline sitting there in their matching Barker loungers in their trailer down at the Ballerina Swan Lake Country Club and trailer park into thinking that we're going to be left defenseless when the Chinese come because we're supporting them Ukraines. That would appear to be the talking point. And so, 
about the depletion of, of stockpiles, because you served in the U.S. military, you were in the Army Reserve, you were tank commander in Kentucky. Uh, there is a new report from the Center for Strategic and International Studies that said... I love that afterthought. You were a tank commander in Kentucky? Yeah, a lot of tanks are stationed at Fort Knox. In Kentucky? Going after them moonshiners with your Abrams M1 tanks? Yeah. Suggest, because of the number amount of weapons that we've been giving to Ukraine, if we went into a conflict over Taiwan, we'd have a difficult time finding enough weapons for it. It said, quote, according to the results of a series of CSIS war games, the United States would likely run out of some munitions, such as long-range precision-guided munitions, in less than one week in a Taiwan Strait conflict. Are, are, are we risking our own ability to fight a conflict by giving so much material? I resent the fact that they are in, uh, uh, that they are necessarily implying that any conflict in the Taiwan in, it has to be straight. It could just very I mean it could very easily be a queer conflict. I, I just want to make that never mind. Material. I believe we are, and look at what he's done to the strategic oil reserves too. He's done the same thing there, depleted that. So now we're depleting our our military, our munitions. It's going to take years for the industry to catch up. But it's up to $97 billion now, John, that we've sent to Ukraine. All this military munitions. Now we want to send M1 Abrams tanks. Obviously, there's a crisis on every corner in this country. And look at what we're dealing with globally, whether it's China dealing with Taiwan. Yeah, crisis on every corner in this country. I don't know why we're not sending them tanks after the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa. That's where we ought to be. I sometimes hate all these little voices that live in my head. Taiwan, or whether it's uh, North Korea teasing South Korea. So we've got problems in this country, and I teasing? think they're exploiting the weakness we have in the White House. 30, 30, 31 Abrams M1A2, latest iteration of the tanks, minus the depleted uranium reactive armor, will soon be headed to Ukraine. You're really scratching your head over this one. I am, because it, the American people have to understand that is a very powerful piece of equipment, but it requires an enormous amount of logistical support. You have to have a logistical package. It has a jet engine. When you... That's the damnedest Texas accent I've ever heard. An enormous amount of logistical support. Where do they talk like that in Texas? When you have to remove that engine, you need a big crane. It's a, called an M88. It's a wrecker for a tank. And you need to have... Yeah, it's a wrecker for a tank. I mean, is that like, is he from like Queens, Texas? Smart people working on that. You need to have the maintenance personnel. You need to have the... I love how you got to have smart people working on that, so he's automatically assuming there are no smart people in Ukraine. All these... Mm, the fools, the mad fools. Individuals know how so to... You're, so you're saying that the tanks is just the price of entry here? Well, you have four people on a tank crew. You're going to need probably six or seven just to support the maintenance and on that tank, the fuel and everything else. Then you got to train them all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congressman, good to have you in today. Good to meet you as well. But wait, we haven't gotten to the hockey puck moment. Get the hockey puck and the duct tape. Try to keep your barking, grunting, and hooting to an absolute minimum. Don't don't disturb the neighbors because there's some there's some top-notch Texas stupid coming the way here. Yes, I, I, I would say this as it relates to Ukraine and what we're doing here is that the American people aren't, I mean, it's billions of dollars now. John, if we really want to end this war, 
You want to end this war? Joe Yeah, we want to end this war. Tell us how to end this war, Troy Nels, who 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 commanded a tank in Kentucky. Tell us. Do. We're waiting. If we really want to end this war, you want to end this war, Joe Biden, you need to call Donald Trump. Donald Trump will call Vladimir Putin and end this war. We must stop this war, and Donald Trump can do it. He never went into Ukraine under Donald Trump in his four years. I predict that's a phone call that will not happen. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I kind of do, too. I mean, what's, what's he going to do, shake down Putin? He's already in Putin. He owes Putin more money than he probably has. But that's, that, that, that's the depth of the magical thinking of the maggot. This is like documentary footage or something. Uh, Joe Biden needs to call Donald Trump. Donald Trump will get on the phone to Putin and say, Hey, Putin, my buddies, right? Yeah, I know what you, you got to do here. You got to pull out of Ukraine. Just do it, okay, for me. And then he'll do it. This guy thinks that Putin didn't invade Ukraine during Donald Trump's asterisk presidency because he was afraid of Trump? And to think the United States military let this guy loose with an M1 Abrams tank. It's got a jet engine, you know. That's the big talking point. Why, the M1A1 Abrams has a jet engine. Ah. Yeah, it takes a big crane to take that engine out. It's huge. It's like called an M88, you know? It's huge. Huge, huge, I'm telling you. It's huge. You gotta have six or seven people to. Probably ain't six or seven people left in Ukraine to fix the tanks. And we're gonna send them 30? We're never gonna get them back, neither. Well, okay, thank you. Thank you to the, uh, <laughs> thank you to the horn, uh, borough accent, uh, detection department. Leah, New York says, stop it, Robin. That accent does not sound like Queens or Tara. That accent sounds more like Brooklyn to me. Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm dancing. For my hair grows in Flatbush, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lee. I'm, I'm, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate the nuance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've missed you, Kyle. I have. I've missed you horribly. <laughs> because you, you're, you're like a barometer of how annoying I'm becoming. Oh, for fuck's sake, everything they don't like is communist. <laughs> Followed by replacing cars with batteries. I quit. I give up. Funny how these Republicans support every war the U.S. has thought about being or ever in or every military action we've ever done, except when it comes to going against Russia. Can't quite figure out the reason, though. I know, but it's... It's like that line from the king and I. Tis a puzzlement. Kim in New York. Hello, Bugs. Yeah, hi, Kim. <laughs> um, 
Jeremy in Vermont says, if Joe was to call Trump, Trump would request a quid pro quo and then claim both calls, the one Biden made to him and the Putin one, they were perfect calls, absolutely perfect phone calls. There's never been a more perfect call. It was a perfectly, perfectly call. Uh, Kentucky tank guy, Scott in San Diego, says, more like vroom, vroom playtime in a child's sandbox in a kinder care at Fort Knox. And we're doing this because the time it's going to take to train people to run these tanks, they're not going to be operational for a while. We'll do the training probably in Poland, and there will be a lot of training on the German Leopard tanks as well. Because when we said we'd send Abrams, they said they'd release the Leopards. And and there, I heard one report a couple of weeks back. I know I didn't hear it wrong. I said, Germany does not have one Leopard tank that's ready to go. That, they, that every Leopard tank they have that they could send would have to be, well, it was in pieces on the showroom floor, basically. But apparently there are operational ones in Poland and some other places, and they can be sent. And I guess it's easier to train them up, uh, train up troops on them than on the Abrams. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of queasiness that goes again. It goes with the idea of uh, German tanks rolling over the golden fields of Ukraine. But at this time, this time those German tanks are uh, on the right side of history. Ah, thank you. Um, from the Looney Tunes Research Department, Lee says it's a hair grows in Manhattan. Yes. But the play on words was from the book uh, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Yeah. Thank you. You were a tank commander in Kentucky. This guy's delusional. Yeah, he could. He could. Yeah, he could end. He could end the war tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Pody. Yeah, stop the war. I, I. And by the way, just in case anybody's wondering, I do. I do those stupid little voices entirely out of love. Um, so uh, we are an hour and 15 minutes into the program. We have $840 to go. Um, we are a goose egg so far. We've been kind of goose eggy uh, Monday, Tuesday, and today. I would really prefer that we not go into tomorrow um, with a four-digit Friday on the front porch community made miracles staring us in the eyes. It would be really helpful if we didn't. If we could get started on it, it would be awfully helpful. You know, One snowflake falls, and the next thing you know, it's an avalanche, and we're fully funded for the week. It would be beautiful. And make it a little stressful, less, less stressful, I, I should say, because uh, Appalachian power is not particularly forgiving. And we are, I'm, I'm sweating every day where it says that the overnight low 
will be higher than freezing because that's the only thing that's standing between us and this program not being here and or at least you know me having to pedal the Gilligan coconut bicycle to try to get a signal out. No, we don't have one of those. So if we could get started on fundraising, it would be great. It would be really, really good. Um, just a couple, of, a couple of other things. Um, the other fetish object, of course, uh, women's right, to, uh, pri- right to privacy and the right to make their own decisions about their reproductive choices. Well, speaking of people who think they're presidential timber, timber, enter Christy the Gnome from out in South Dakota, Stan, who joined forces with the Attorney General of South Dakota, Stan, to announce that they will prosecute pharmacists, any pharmacist who dispenses abortion pills uh, because the Food and Drug Administration recently ruled that, well, the abortion pills are safe and that uh, more pharmacies can carry them, including large chains and mail order companies. Now, I don't know how they hope to charge a, somebody from out of state, but they're maggots, and they will do anything to make their uh, make their base of weird fetus fetishists happy. But just the same... Uh, Christy Nome says that uh, South Dakota pharmacists are subject to felony prosecution if they procure or dispense abortion-inducing drugs. South Dakota will continue to enforce all laws, including those that respect and protect the lives of the unborn. Even if I can't tell a picture between, uh, tell the difference of a picture between a dog fetus and a human one. Even though the thing I think has a, is a heartbeat, uh, isn't even the size of a penny in a petri dish and doesn't have any defined limbs or organs. The. Uh, Director of the South Dakota Pharmacists Association, Amanda Bacon, said uh, she wasn't aware of any South Dakota pharmacies with plans to participate in the federal program to dispense the abortion medication. Uh, it's a two-stage. It be- begins with mifeprestone and forget the name of the second drug. Safe, har- relatively harmless, and none of not. One single goddamn Republican on the face of the planet's business. Fuck them all. But hand in hand with that, I wanted to I wanted to mention something else. I put up an essay a few days ago on Facebook about a uh, a, a recent move by Ron Monkey Up DeClantis. And uh, yeah, it, it, bear, bear with me. It's it's one of those stories. But I promise that uh, 
it, it has relevance. Ron Monkey Up DeClantis has demanded access to the uh, health records of every transgender student in the Florida State University system. Any state-funded university, Ron Monkey Up DeClantis wants to see every transgender person's personal medical records. And he wants those records so that he can try to forcibly detransition those transgender people and otherwise torment them. He's disgusting. He's sick. But a few days ago, before I saw this story I'm about to mention, I said, uh, in this instance, though, because he is a well-educated genocidal monster, he has a further motive. If he can get these records, he will have established a precedent for obtaining other records. What other records? How about the records of people capable of pregnancy who have accessed Plan B or perhaps the abortion pill? See the pattern? Start with a group that far too many people despise and move on to a group that might have more support. See how it works? And I closed saying, if people of goodwill and conscience do not rise up against him, he will succeed. Take heed, take action. Well, Sometimes I really despise how right I am. Remember all the trans athlete bans that spread across this country like poison ivy? And I pointed out a long time ago that the trans athlete bans are now being used primarily against cis black women. Remember? Well, now Ron Monkey Up DeClantis wants the period information about every female student athlete in the entire state of Florida. Let that sink in. He wants to track the periods of every girl playing sports in the state of Florida. And so now the Florida High School Athletics Association is standing by its decision that girls submit menstruation info to schools, including the age they got their first period, how many days are typically between their periods, and the date of their most recent period. How horrifying is that? And of course, if they can find any girls that are that, that, that say, I don't have one, then I'm sure there will then be a horrifying genital inspection or something equally hateful to make sure they're not trans. But because they'll have this, the, the, this, this menstrual information, they can also check and see if any of the girls ever <gasps> maybe get the uh, abortion pill. Mm-hmm. 
And there's no remedy to this. The only thing that girls can do is refuse to participate in high school athletics, and college athletics, primarily high school, though. Uh, personally, I think they should report the. Uh, I, I think I think high school girls should report their periods directly to Ron Monkey up to Clantis by sending by, by by sending their used period products directly to him, or uh, maybe to his press creep Christina Peshaw, or his other press creep. And see, this is how, this is how the assault on trans people becomes an assault on cis people. Attacking trans people was the camel's nose under the tent. With this, well, that's the that's the reason. That's I've explained in the past. That's the reason that the camel's nose under the tent is a, a, a metaphor for shit going completely wrong. Because once the camel's nose gets under the tent, the hump is soon to follow. And once the hump is in, you've just got a camel in your tent. And the camel's pretty much going to control the tent. It's really not going to be a tent anymore. It's going to be a barn, a, a, a portable barn with a camel in it. Or a lot of camels. This is where we are. And you will see bills like this, rules like this, proliferate all over the country, especially the maggot states and the Confederate states. You know, Jesus land. Is it terrifying yet? Is it Orwellian yet? You tell me. Um, and and that's and that's why that's why that's why every every person who menstruates in this country needs to get the period trackers off their phones. You know, it's like everything else, like phone numbers. There was a time, trust me, young ones, believe me. There was a time when people actually memorized phone numbers. There was a time when people had little books that they would write down names and phone numbers in. Once upon a time, the telephone company would actually send you a book once a year that had everybody in your community's phone number in it. There was a time when you could call an, a, a person who did a job called operator and ask them for somebody's number. I'm pretty sure that women in the pre-smartphone era tracked periods without the use of spreadsheets or data processors. Now, this isn't me gooning. I'm not. But at least Ron Monkey Up DeClantis would have to have a fucking search warrant if he wanted to see uh, see your notes on when your last period was. 
they're going to ask a 17-year-old girl when she when her first period was do they think that that's i mean is this is this something out of the red tent where you know you i don't know you get it tattooed on your arm oh first period no fuck but here we are Oh, and a uh, couple of emails. Uh, is it just me, Ron and Raleigh, asked earlier, uh, does Kevin McCarthy have the same smarmy oral delivery as Joe Manchin? I hate it. I hate it when we're hive-minding, Ron. I was thinking about that just the other day. He also looks a lot like Joe. As far as scraping the bottom of the vice presidential barrel is concerned, it seems that marginal trailer queen is angling to be Dolt 45's veep. Um, yeah, I got the PS there. Lord, that'd be a clown circus, wouldn't it? Would that would would that just put paid to any hopes that Nitwit Nero would have of being elected to the presidency again. If so, by all means, as we used to say, do it up, Don. And uh, Billable Rick, uh, this is going back to uh, uh, a week ago yesterday. I wasn't able, your show on January 19th and the proposed West Virginia anti-trans bill. I wasn't able to contemporaneously listen to most of your shows last week because I had to finish my 25 hours of triannual continuing legal education. And Lord, isn't that a blast. Um, Back when I did it, I would do it at uh, West Virginia University on football weekends. That was nice. Which I finally completed Friday evening. In listening to your show of January 19th, I was surprised and dismayed to hear about the proposed bill in the fascist West Virginia legislature, which would essentially criminalize the status of being trans. Such a law would be obviously unconstitutional because it's based on an individual's status rather than any specific conduct committed by the individual. Yes, one would think. It is well established that the criminal law can only target conduct rather than status. For example, laws that ban homelessness status have been repeatedly struck down by the courts as unconstitutional. Um, citing Papa Christou versus City of Jacksonville, holding that Jacksonville's vaguely worded vagrancy law violated due process because it disproportionately targeted the status of homelessness by criminalizing an incredible list of non-normative conducts, including rogues and vagabonds or dissolute persons who go about begging, common night walkers, people wandering or strolling around from place to place to place without any lawful purpose or object, in an attempt, sounds like the police. Um, in any attempt to circumvent legal decisions banning the criminalization of a person's status in targeting homelessness, many municipalities have enacted laws banning activities such as sleeping in public, sleeping in a motor vehicle, panhandling, and sidewalk sitting. In some cases, the courts have struck down such laws as unconstitutional because they improperly regulated conduct that was integrally related to the status of being homeless. Um, Miami got their anti-homeless legislation uh, overturned based on a violation of cruel and unusual punishment as protected in the Eighth Eighth Amendment. Um, 
Now back to the proposed West Virginia anti-transgender law. In evaluating a challenge to that law, a federal judge would be predisposed to find any possible basis to strike down that odious law as unconstitutional. Although the distinct uh, distinction between status and conduct is a slippery one, I'm confident that such a draconian law would be nullified by the courts, including even the U.S. Supremes, if the case were to get that far. So, Robin, you need to fight like hell in the courts, including uh, in opposing that law, and stand your ground. Perhaps you can be a test party to challenge that law. I'm sure the ACLU, GLAD, and other civil rights groups would be more than happy to fund and prosecute litigation to overturn such a law. Um, well, that's that's the thing. I, everything you say is true, Billable. See, Socrates agrees. Did you hear? He said, "Hi, Billable." These cats talk. I'm not kidding. I heard it. Um, everything you say is true. But, and it's the but that makes things just unbearable. The simple act of, of, of introducing these bills. Maybe the assholes, including my own state senator who introduced it, um, maybe they knew it wasn't going anywhere. So far, it's got like one co-sponsor. And it's just sitting there in the House uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. In a way, it doesn't matter. Because it signals to the wild-eyed maggots of this state that it is open season on people like me. Whether it be for purposes of harassment, torment, public attempts to shame, or even horrifyingly deadly violence and then of course the person doing the deadly violence would be would would plead the trans panic defense because we are a state that has not banned that as an affirmative defense to murder or manslaughter in this case or in this state well, I seen the tran over there, and I, I panicked, and I was just overcome with dread and hate and loathing, and so I blew him the he- blew her the he- no, they wouldn't gender me right. I blew him the hell away, for the good of the cheering. Not guilty. That's what's at stake. By the way, FYI, Billable says, I have a, I have huge recent news to report to the Horn community, which I'll try to share on the front porch tomorrow. I have christened 2023 as the year of, I'm all out of fucks to give. Well, I'm curious now. I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting to hear your, uh, your, your, your dulcet, sterling voice tomorrow, Billable. And we are at uh, over the halfway point of the program. We need to uh, get something started on fundraising. God, we so do. Um, and, uh, you know, even if it's 10 or 15 or 20 bucks, just 
start lowering lowering that number from where it is. Uh, Ralph said, "Come on, people, don't don't make me sick, Tegan and Kayla on y'all." She'll do it. Those kitties are hell on the blinds. You just imagine what they could do to you. Um, so with everything going before, let's run over to the Skype line and uh, check in with Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey, baby, how are you? I'm good. How are well, you? Uh, you know, uh, uh, yes, what's today? Today's Thursday, right? Okay. It is. <laughs> Tuesday was my first day back in my second semester of grad school after a, a one, well, a long Christmas break. Um, it it pains me to spit, send that $5,040 tuition payment. Yowch. Yay. Yeah, my, I'm still bleeding from that one, but, you know, it's. It's, it's all to the good. So, so this let's figure out which topics should we talk about. Should we talk about Oscar so freaking white again, or the Pope saying that uh, you know being queer is not a crime, but yes, it's still a sin, or the fact you know who's you know California and the upcoming 2024 Senate race, or the fact of the, the black policemen who killed another black man and the swift retribution that they received otherwise. So which one? Pick one, pick one, pick one. Well, let's see. I think we can eliminate Pope Frank because it's not Wednesday and I don't really care what uh, what a um, self-hating dude yeah. in a dress has to say. Um, <laughs> although, you know, oh. uh, although, although the fact of the matter is... As tiny as it is, it's a step forward. It is a step forward. It is a step I heard it. it was, the only reason why I bring it up is because yesterday I was listening to a interview on, on KNX 1070 between, it's, I think it was, two, it was um, the Catholic Rainbow Coalition and then like somebody that's kind of like, like the Catholic Church Spokes Creek. And so this guy was, you know, the Catholic Church is always stood behind and love everybody, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin kind of thing. And the violence that's been perpetrated against gay people. Are you sitting? Are you sitting? Are you sitting? I'm sitting. It's not a result of, you know, uh, Catholic hate or I'm sorry, Catholic uh, whatever, the theology. But it's only in fundamental countries, like, you know, where the Arabs live. And so, Sister Girl, who was representing the Catholic Rainbow Coalition, let him have it with both barrels, sis. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, because she's, he was trying to say that it's not, because, it's not the Catholic Church's fault that there are laws criminalizing you know, being you know, being in, within the LGBTQIA community, she's like there are and and pushing also pushing back that the only places that gay queer people or whomever get um, you know murdered uh, and because the laws is just you know air, you know fundamental you know Arab countries. She's like there are bishops 
all over the world that have, you know, co, you know, um, what's the word, uh, co-signed on laws criminalizing, you know, our community, and then you know, step that's stepping back and just like, okay, whatever. And she's like, and for you to say it's only in uh, place fundamental countries, she's like, no, no. It's like it's all across the Caribbean and Africa and all these places. So, yeah, you know, you're lying. So that that's the only reason why I break, bring that up. Okay, so let's go on. So let's. So what else? So uh, those topics, which one do you want to delve into other than, you know, the guy wearing a, <laughs> the self-hating guy wearing a dress? That's that's golden. Well, thank you, and the, and don't forget the House of Whoville hat, House of Whoville headgear. Oh yes, yes, and the red shoes. Well, you know red. Like yeah, all of this, all, and and House of Who, House of Whoville headgear and the red shoes all goes back to the late great Peter Godbold, whom I still love and miss. God, I wish he could have been around for my transition. Uh, oh yes. But uh, let's do the Memphis cops thing. Because okay. I so, was I was scrolling Instagram I was scrolling Instagram and I saw on 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 one of the uh, uh, one of the black accounts I follow I, I saw a, a meme with that that old old um, slogan on it. Not all skin folks are kin folks. It's kin folks. And so this. You know, that speaks to, like you said, because see, and the reminder that we cannot do the same thing. When I say we, I mean melanated folk. That non-melanated folks can do and get away with. Now, do all five of those assholes deserve to be fired and now, you know, be, been arrested? Absolutely. 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 Because see, here's the problem. You know, to me... I'm pretty much an abolitionist when it comes to the police, especially when I found out through, you know, my education and finding out that the police departments, uh, and police came from, were the direct result of slave catchers. They have the same badges that these people have to catch and capture, you know, to, to hunt down and capture runaway slaves. And like I said, I did not know this until a few, literally a couple of years ago. And so, um, so I can't really fault black, a lot of black folks for, you know, becoming police, but come on, you know, especially when you're policing your own community and you're treating them like the, like the, you know, cause it's like the question, the thing is, are you black or are you blue? Well, and that's I think I think that's one of the things that we've got on display in Memphis is that um, maybe some of the problems with policing are the fundamental nature of of, of right wing authoritarianism and what it does to communities. Absolutely. And I find a certain amount of Absolutely. a certain amount of coincidence in the fact that uh, they're uh, on Showtime, which I do not have. Uh, there's a uh, multi-part documentary series beginning, I think, tomorrow, Friday, uh, called "The Boys in Blue," and okay. it's it's about a it's about a high school 
in North Minneapolis. It is predominantly black, and the situ and and their football games had gotten so damn dangerous nobody could come to the football games. Wow. So some black cops literally became the football coaches. And they turned they turned they turned the football team around, they turned the stadium around, they turned the school around, and they turned the community around. Right. Because among other things, they live in the community. The, the you know the, the, they live in the community, and they're part of the community. And right, so and some of the and some of the people and some of the people had even seen. I mean, I think some of the guys even graduated from that high school. And so we're gonna have we're gonna have this automatic good cop bad cop narrative contemporaneously. That part. Uh, they they uh, they interviewed the director or creator of the uh, of the series this morning on my filthy morning habit and spent a considerable amount of time on it because the time frame in which it takes place is also during the time frame the time frame associated with the murder of George Floyd yes that's all. So there was, uh, I forget, um, around the same time also, I, forget, I think it might have been in Texas, um, you know, when you're talking about black men, you know, putting themselves out there and into our communities, especially in our schools. And so uh, I, I, it was kind of along the same lines. They wanted, you know, they wanted the school police out because, you know, People still have uh, under the delusion that if you have school police at the school, it'll protect you, the school. Uh, yeah, ask them about the Uvalde. Uvalde. How many? 400 response, responded, and yet yeah, none. People still, you know, children and, and teachers still died. But these men who are part of the community made it their business to come, you know, get into the school and, and again, because they're part of the community and they know how our communities are perceived, they did their level best and they turned the school around. There were no guns involved. It was just black men knowing what it's like to be black and caring enough about the community that they wanted to do something about it. And like I said, I, I just wish I could remember where this was, but you know, I have the memory and the attention span of a special needs Nat, so that part. But it's, you know, like when I say about cops, you know, black people being cops, and, not, and, and it's like there are cops who actually join the force to do something because they want to make a change. They want to see, hold on a second. that actually join the police force because they want to make a change. And they live in the community. And they want to see, you know, a new, a, a different way of policing. They they want to know, let people to know that a good person and be a cop. But then these fools here that in Tennessee, because it makes me think of, 
you know, my brief stint in the military. And I had a black female drill sergeant. And let me tell you, that bitch was worse than all the drill sergeants combined. You hear me? Because she had to prove a point. She had to show, well, I'm going to be harder on the black recruits than I am on on the white recruits because I don't want anybody to think that I am, you know, playing favorites or anything like that. So she was ridiculous. And this was the 80s. So there was a lot more stuff you could get away with back then. And you, I mean, you could still get away with it. But the likelihood of it being reported back then is highly unlikely. And it was just, you know, uh, what is it, uh, standard operating procedure. So I've seen it. I've seen stuff that's like when, I, it, like like driving access. I get more pro when I, you know, I've only had a couple of incidents with passengers just being dicks, and they were both black women. And it's like, you know, it's bad enough when, you know, like I said, I think I said this the other day, we are prepared as black people, especially black women or whatever, to 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 fortify ourselves against the onslaught of what's coming from people who don't look like us. We're prepared for that. We're not. What we we're we're only shocked when we're proven wrong. But what kills us the most is when, and we're really not really prepared for, is when we get done dirty by our own folks. And it's it's just it's such. A betrayal. And I, I just, I think about this and I'm like, but what's, I, what's upsetting to me, and I know you know where I'm going to, about to this, about that swift retribution, the first of firing and now they've been arrested and charged. Why, why is that we get the same amount, the due diligence or the same amount of um, actions when it's white cops killing black folks. Cause, you know, and God knows that's a fair question. Because I don't... I, I don't know. Do you think... Now, I mean, these, these, these guys are all member of a cop union. Do you think the cop union I, threw, them under, threw them under the bus? The cop union? Of course. It's like the NRA when, you know, black people need to stand your ground and they wind up going to jail... But and you don't hear the NRA saying anything in their you know in their defense. Same thing because you know black folks. So where is the righteous and you know indignation from the police union saying that oh you you, you know you can't do this without uh, you know because obviously you know there was you know they didn't do the you know we got to review the body cam. We got to take, you know, take witness statements. We got to do all this and blah, 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 blah. And, all, and by the way, while we're doing all the investigating, they'll be on administrative leave, but still collecting their paychecks and their benefits and all that. Right. Yeah. Now, these guys were fired right off the bat, so no. Right off the bat. Right off the and I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to analyze this 
with some with well with with some degree of mercy toward toward the more mercy all the mercy toward the victim and trying to be that most most troublesome of phrases colorblind in this isn't this what isn't I, i know isn't this what we want the process to look like yes i want like i said i am happy that they all got snatched i am happy that they got fired and i am happy that they're in jail waiting for you know pending indictments or whatever the case may be i you know mean in legal terms and shit i don't know but they've been arrested. So I'm ha- I'm overjoyed, over the moon. Yeah. But, but you can't help but ask the question. Because, like, right now here in L.A., we've had, since the beginning of the year, we've had three unarmed black men killed by LAPD. Okay. There has been nothing. They have they they're on administrative leave. There has we still the family still have not even gotten the body cam footage, unedited body body cam footage, sis. Okay. So right now it's just a it's just a matter of when. If not when, but if they're even going to be a real investigation and be and is, are, is anybody gonna be charged? So that's my problem. Now, I know on one of the cases, I think what the young man that was tased to death, I think a couple of the cops that were there were black. I'm not sure. I know in one of the instances there was um, black police officers, I believe, because, again, I, I have so many things swirling around in my head. It's just too many things to keep track of. But I think in a, one of the instances... Here in L.A., one of the, you know, there might have been a, cop, a black cop or two involved in one of the three murders. And yet, though, it's like we have yet to hear anything. There's been no charges. There's been nothing. So, like you said, it stands to reason. It's like if the cops in L.A. or if the cops, in, I'm sorry, in Tennessee, were all white, would justice have been so swift? If it had been five white cops as opposed to five black cops. So going forward, so let's just say, let's see what happens. Yeah, they will, uh, I suspect they will still have the best lawyers money can buy. Right. But I really do, I really do, I really do want to hear a defense for why you stomp and beat and kick an unarmed motorist to death on a simple traffic Didn't stop. Didn't they shoot him too? Didn't they shoot him too? Wasn't there gunfire as well? Ah, uh, I maybe I'm. Because I know they they tase. I believe they tase. They beat, and I think they shot. I'm not sure. Again, you know, there's so many different things happening. I I get my murders of unarmed black motorists, you know, you know, mixed up. That part. So, you know. No, the reporting I'm looking at said, you know, what they plead is that uh, 
Uh, he was involved in an altercation with officers that led him to being hospitalized in critical condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that people who have seen the body cam videos... Uh, and they are. It, it is expected. It is expected that the videos will be released tomorrow. Mhm. But like you said, where I don't, I don't see the uproar for, uh, you know, uh, you know, from the police unions or anybody else. Saying, well, you know, they should, they were acting under the color of law. Yeah, the co- being colored. Yeah, I said it. Because again, there's always a different set of rules when we do the same things that other non that non melanated folks do. And see, these brothers are now realizing, young. Okay, y'all the N-words. So you feel, you really thought just because, you know, you were cops and you were, you know, you were behind the, the you know, the blue line, the blue wall, and all this that you, you, you got, you had the CYA protection. You know, but you don't. They just threw y'all under the bus. You're done. So again, well, there, there, this is this is this is this case just sort of piles on itself. How do you wind okay. how do you, how do you wind up with five black cops on one black motorist? I mean, isn't right. doesn't that stri- strike you as a little bit strange? Yes, and this was in Memphis, right? Yeah. I, in all the years, and the Memphis, you know, the, the Memphis, the Memphis police have a reputation. So this probably represents some effort toward, oh dear God, diversity Perfect. on the force. Oh. Yeah, but I have never, in all my years of living in LA and seeing LAPD, and like when there's ever like an incident like this and they're gathered I've never seen all of the cops there maybe be there might be one black cop maybe but I've never seen well LA is a lot bigger LA is a lot bigger city but Memphis is a lot blacker city it's a lot blacker so but still five at the same time what are the odds it does it it does stretch the bounds of credulity, doesn't it? Yes, that part because it's like that just. And I'm not like, getting okay. all conspiracy theory. Okay, I'm trying not to, but it's like there were no white cops around at all, and like you said, Memphis is a much blacker city than LA will ever be. Because L.A., I think right now the, the population of Los Angeles, as far as black people are, it's like I'm seriously less than 10% of the population of Los Angeles is African-American. 
So the chances of, like you said, because it's such a big city and there is a relatively small population of black folks here now, that, that something like that's not going to happen. Because, like I said, I, I very, yesterday was it, <laughs> or the day before, I was driving down Crenshaw, and there was a black, there was a brother, a traffic cop, a motorcycle cop, right? And he was riding a ticket. And I typically feel bad. Okay, now I'm going to sound, I don't know, not politically correct or what have you. But I did kind of smile because he was giving a white, a, a colonizer in a Range Rover a ticket. So, what? Nothing. That, that's sinus problems. You got something in your nose? Okay, I understand. Yeah, so... He was given a colonizer a ticket, so. And I, I think I, I, I said I called it reparation. <laughs> it was a reparation stop. For just, for just frying our neighborhood. <laughs> you know, not that the, I'm not saying that the brother had an ulterior motive. Did not say that. But still, it, it did give me a little bit of a tingle. I was, I, I, I was smiling. I was smiling. I said, okay, because I'm like, cause as much as people fly up and down Crenshaw and you catch the white guys, you know, doing, breaking, doing, you know, doing whatever he did to get pulled over, pull over, pull over, it, it, it did make me smile a little bit, so that part, because like I said, there's not, and not only are there not many black cops in L.A., but to be a black cop and a motorcycle cop, the only other thing that would have been a, more of a unicorn thing, it was a, it was a black female motorcycle cop. Now that would have been something to see. I would I would I would have signed up for that. Hold on, no. If you if we're gonna play this game, then she has to be a black trans female motorcycle right. cop. Right, right, right. right About right, six right, right. six. Right, but <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, you know, that I, 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 I think I'd pay money to see that. So, so what is your take on it, sis? I mean, I know there's only so much you can speak on it as a, as a white woman, but still, what is your take as, as a white person? What is your take on the fact of the, you know, like I said, the Swiss, it's nothing there. Well, I think it was a movie. I think they, you know, some movie or TV show, and they came up with some stupid name of a, of a, uh, for a police action called Operation Swift Justice. So I don't know. Uh, we've come, we've, we've, we've come a long, we've come a long, we've come a long way from the Nakasone building in L.A. and you know Die Hard, and the one and the one black cop on the way home. Um, right. That's facetious, but. I know. There's, a, there, you know, there's, there's there, no there, yeah, there's a, there's a young, there, there, there's a young man dead here. Yes. And there better be some seriously reckless driving on that, uh, you know. But rec, but the thing is, I rec, mean, reckless drive. Hold on, now, reckless driving is one of those in the eye of the beholder kind of things. Thank you. To a certain extent. Yeah, you know, I don't know what the I don't I don't know what the statute is in Tennessee, but 
I'm saying, like you said, reckless driving. Unless brother man was driving on the sidewalk, almost running people over. I mean, what I'm going to hate is when what I'm going to hate is when the uh, is when the, the the blood chemistry comes out and they, oh, he had he had meth and crack in his system. And thereby start to assassinate the character of the victim, as if somehow he should have the shit beaten out of him for that. Right, like like Kanye West saying about George Floyd, he didn't die because Derek Chauvin. I mean, you know, let's see, you got you, you got you got George Floyd, who was proven guilty of nothing, dead. Eric Garner. Sell, allegedly selling Lucy's, dead. Lucy's. Um, Michael Brown. Michael Brown, dead. Didn't do anything. Um, Tamir Rice, 12 years old, with a toy pistol, dead. A uh, guy whose name I can't remember in Walmart with a BB gun in his hand that he was picking up looking to purchase, dead. Um, dude with his hands up in Tulsa, dead. Dead. Philando uh, uh, Castile, Philando Castile reaching for I his wallet, dead. Dead. And and it, it. Sandra Bland, because she questioned, why are you pulling me over? Dead. Dead. See if we if we keep doing this, we'll we'll have a whole list. It's just a matter of remembering all the names. Remember the name. And and the two, young, the two black people in in, in Texas in I'm, 2020. I'm trying. I mean, with these with these five guys, I'm. I cannot help but be suspicious. But by the same token, yes. this is what I want to happen to bad cops. I want this to happen. I want this to happen. I want this to be a unified. So maybe, so maybe it, be so maybe it becomes a matter of letting you know, letting it be what it is. Because at the end of the day, because these are I'm these are these are five do these are five blue guys. Who stomped the shit out of the life out of one black guy? Right. I see. Like I, 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 I tend to see the blue more than the black. I do too. And I want to. And yeah, I want to think. So. I want to think maybe we, we're coming toward a place where this kind, this kind of, of, you know, in a situation this obviously egregious, that something happens. And I, you know, I think I think about the uh, I, th I think about the, the the United States Army second lieutenant who got pulled over in Virginia. He didn't get yes. killed, but he got guns stuck in his face. He got put on the ground because the dipshit cops who pulled him over said he didn't have a license when he clearly had his temporary tag in the rear window. That was even visible on he, the footage. And he was in uniform. But then again, remember when black men came home from World War One, they were lynched because they had on their uniforms. Come on, sis. 
I know. Kyle just uh, sent a note and said, say it louder for the people in the back, Robin. Even if, and that's a big if, the black person killed by the cops was doing drugs. Doing drugs isn't an offense punishable by death and damn sure without a jury trial. Also, that's a damn long list of names to remember. Way too fucking long. Thank you, Kyle. So I, I don't, I don't know. See, I don't know. It's. It, well, see, well, see, this is what's going to happen, and this is what we, you and I, being who we are, because we know, we know, this is a, today is January the twenty sixth, twenty twenty three, and at this point so far there have been what. 30, 40 mass or 39 mass shootings? More mass so shootings. There have been more mass shootings than we have days in the year. In the days, it, exactly, in the in this month. And um, there's been three killings of black men here in L.A., one in Tennessee, and I'm pretty sure there might have been other ones that that's happened and we don't know about or I just haven't heard, heard about. So we've had so far four murders of unarmed black men by, you know, the police. So my next question, because unfortunately we both know it's going to happen again, that a black man, an unarmed black man or woman or person is going to, you know, be killed, you know, by, because they, like they said, well, we use non-lethal force with the young men that they tased to death. Well, it was non-lethal, but he still died. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, here, uh, you want you want you want you want the patented uh, Robin's cynical take on this? Go for it, sis. Okay, I'm I'm just I'm processing this right now. You've got a man, you've got a young black man who has been stomped to death in an obvious vicious, violent miscarriage of justice. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of thing that can ignite the sort of thing that we saw with George Floyd. Yes. And I'm not being critical. I'm just mentioning the phenomenon. But if, by acting quickly... These five are charged with a host of felonies. Uh, the family, by the way, wanted murder in the first degree. They did not yes. get it. They got murder too. Heat of passion, murder. Listen, heat of passion. Um, that means you're just damned angry. You you you, you get carried oh, away. Mm-hmm. Um, but by Creating this situation where people ask, well, why were the black guys indicted so fast, but white guys wouldn't be? Guess what you've just done? You have potentially diffused a major, potentially major protest movement. Yes. And And that's cynical on my, that is cynical on my part, but... Uh, in the article that I'm looking at, in the article that I'm looking at, uh, uh, talking about the video being released, uh, well, the Memphis PD chief, uh, 
Sorrell and C.J. Davis issued a statement saying the officers were directly responsible for the physical abuse of Tyre Nichols. The video is heinous, reckless, and inhumane. And went on to say, I expect our citizens to exercise their First Amendment right to protest, to demand action and results, but we need to ensure our community is safe in this process. None of this is a calling card for inciting violence or destruction on our community or against our citizens. And then the uh, president of the Tennessee Sheriff's Association, Jeff Bledsoe, sent a letter to a guy named Jonathan Thompson, at the, Na- the executive director of the National Sheriff's Association and CEO, and said, due to the nature of the video's content, it is believed it may spark responses outside the traditional protests. There is a public safety risk potential to communitize and peace officers expanding outside the Shelby County, Memphis, Tennessee area. So in other words, telling the cops to be ready to break some damn skulls in other cities, too. So you got to know this video is just plain sickening. Yeah. I mean, when the chief of police comes out and says, oh, yeah, people are going to be in the streets when they see this shit. I mean, he knows. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. So, yes, there needs to be protests and not so, you know, against police brutality and police. And because you do not, you know, this is something that is problematic throughout police departments, throughout the police department, sheriff department, throughout the country. The way they officers are trained, deputies are trained, because apparently they felt that this was going to be okay. Well, look what's going on in Atlanta right now. Because I remember something happened to in Atlanta. Well, there is there there is there is a there's an in-town forest that is surrounded by communities of color, neighborhoods of color, mm-hmm. and outfits like Home Depot and Lowe's and Delta Airlines and others have pitched in a shit ton of money to build the largest police urban warfare training facility in the country. In the for- Are you crazy? I- I'm sorry, are you crazy? Are you kidding me? No, and, black- and, 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 and there have been protests going on and sit-ins going on for a year with people camped out in the forest to try to stop the destruction of the forest. It's, a, it's, it's intersectional between racial justice and environmental justice. And environmental justice. A lot of the protesters are 20-something white kids. They what? Yeah, the protesters are mostly 20-something. I haven't heard about it because no wonder I have a real... (laughs) They're not going to do anything against 20-something white kids. Bullshit. So the, the, the Gen Zers, yeah. No, no, no. Wrong. The cops. No, the twenty. I'm saying the twenty. No, I, I, I. What I'm saying is the Gen Zers, and I. Then I realized they're still the South, and they're protesting against. You know. So now, what are they doing to these kids? Well, they have moved in on them with brutal force, and uh, and and one of the cops blew away a 26 year old white kid last week. 
And it may be, and, and, and there are a lot of people saying it was probably cold-blooded murder. And it's, has he, has anything happened to him? The, uh, who, no. He killed a white kid? Damn. Yeah. And crickets. And there have been, and now there are protests through downtown Atlanta with uh, uh, windows being smashed and the like. And the the, the governor, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia and the attorney general are having conniptions. And we're going to charge all of these white children with felonies for protesting. It is not okay. It is not okay to protest and, 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 and break a window of a bank. Now, I'm nonviolent. I don't believe in putting ba putting bricks through bank windows. I think that's not no. smart protesting. No. Because that gives them an excuse not to take your, you know, see, they're, they're, they're violent and, and destructive. Well, right, and they blew, and they blew away the 26-year-old uh, when they, well, they was throwing Molotov cocktails and throwing rocks. So naturally, you use bullets and tear gas. You know, the fact that it is still legal anywhere in this country for the cops to use chemical weapons on mostly nonviolent protesters is absolutely abhorrent. You know, non-lethal doesn't mean non-deadly. Right, exactly. Well, we, we use non-lethal force. Yeah, tell that to... Oh, and by the way... The young man that was tased to death by LAPD, uh, he's Patrice Culler's um, cousin. Oh, Jesus. And for those who, yeah, yeah. And for those of you who don't know who she is, Patrice Cullors, uh was one of the original founders of Black Lives Matter when Trayvon Martin was blown away, was blown away by George Simmons. So... Y'all, yeah, they, they cousins. So you blew, you, you tased to death the founder of Black Lives Matter, one of the founders, relative, uh-huh, who, by the way, was a teacher. I think, I don't know, I don't remember, I think he was a high school teacher, and for all accounts, was a damn good teacher. Because, again, you know, a black male teacher, I don't know about his sexuality, but a black male teacher is a damn unicorn, sis. My brother is a unicorn. He teaches in L.A. Unified in the continuing education. I don't know, but he teaches... He teaches English in South L.A. He's doing God's work. You hear me? Oh, yeah. Fortunately for him, his girlfriend is an M.D. So, <laughs> so at least, you know, he may, he may not be making any money, but his, but his girl does. So that does, that does kind of, like, they're going. He'll be 40 this year in March. So basically the whole year, starting in March, it's going to be, let's celebrate William turning 40. 
kind of thing. Like the whole year next year, for me, it's like, let's celebrate. Like, okay, so 2024, I graduated from grad school. Jan turned 70. My mom turned 75. It's the 40th anniversary of my graduating from high school. So there's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on. You know, this is just going to be a year of celebration. But anyway, the fact that we have to live in a country where we have, you know, as, you know, because, as, you know, like when I was telling you about my, that I couldn't roll down my window on the driver's side because I was waiting for the switch. And my mind instantly goes to what happened if I get pulled over by LABD or the sheriff's department. And I can't, and they, they pull me over and they walk over to my window and they tell me to roll it down. And I, I'm like, I can't roll it down. And I sure as hell can't open the door because that would be, a, look like a sign of what, what is it, aggression or what have you. Cause one of the anything say, can be call. anything. Anything can right. be anything that a cop wants it to be. Exactly. So that's where my mind was going. And because this, it was, uh, oh, by the way, I finally got the switch. They, you finally installed this. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet black baby Jesus, that I can now roll down my driver's side window. Oh, by the way, uh, thanks to Irish Dave. I'm looking at a photo here. The Memphis PD uh, chief of police, black woman. Mm -hmm. I thought so. I really thought so, because I heard her being interviewed, and I'm like, you know, but she's articulate and well-spoken, and she clean. Don't too. say it. But, I mean, <laughs> but she, no, 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 I, because I didn't know her, I didn't see her picture, but I heard her voice, and I'm like, that's a black woman, but I, I didn't want, I wasn't sure because I hadn't looked her up, but I knew she was black just from her, t you know, from her, her, her voice. And her speech patterns. But I didn't, you know. She She's been police chief since June of 2021. She came from Durham, North Carolina. And by the way, the, uh, the, the, the character polishing of some of the cops is already underway. Uh, one of the petty foggers uh, for one of the cops said, to, My client is a respectful father. He was devastated to be accused. Um he was previously a jailer in Mississippi and Tennessee. He was in the process of posting bond. No one out there that night intended for Tyre Nichols to die. Well, maybe then you shouldn't have stomped him to death. But that's that's weasel that's weasel language intended for him to die. In this, it, 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 he, he may not have intended you. He died. Well, but he's, basically, he's setting up the, uh, the the manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter plea. Manslaughter defense. Yeah, there was no intent. Uh huh. Since there was no intent. Yeah. The young man was into skateboarding. He was into skateboarding. So that. How old was this young man? Twenty-nine. Still a kid. Yeah. He's 
he was just four years old and over the four years, you know, old enough to rent a car being over 25, you know? It's just because the problem is our lives don't matter. Because when you see a black man, it's like, because, <laughs> you know, I've told you my access stories, right? Yeah. You know, and it's so, so when I pick up my passengers, there's usually older women, but it's a hope. So, and then some of them want you to take them to a restaurant, I know. Right. So, the, but you would be amazed with the ones they will, they, even though they might fall, you hear me? They refuse to let me hold their purses so they can get into the car safely. Where am I going to go, Robin, with their purse? I know. But lessons learned, lessons learned young tend to stick. Right. <laughs> but here's the fourth part, sis. Most of these older women that I'm picking up are fr not from here. They were, you know, a lot of them are, are Armenians and Russians and stuff like that. So it wasn't lessons learned young, sis. It was lessons learned from our media and from the indoctrination of other of people when it comes to black and brown folks. So that's what tickles me, you know, and you know, to divert, you know, you know, the, you know, about. When Greg, not Greg Abbott, Rhonda Saint, Rhonda Sainton, or what did you call Rhonda Klansman? Rhonda Clantis. The Rhonda Clantis. When he talks about the AP history course, AP African American history course in Florida would lead to the indoctrination of our Florida youth. What's a youth? Youth. These two youths. These two youths. A, a youth? So that's the problem. So you you talking about you know indoctrination if you learn about this true history of black people in this country. But it's okay to uh, you know uh, indoctrinate people in a negative way about black people, and also indoctrinate the lie which is American history because there's like a playbook that people get when they they immigrate to America when it comes to black people and how black people should be treated. And it's 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 sickening that they you know, that they use my skin color as a weapon they weaponize my skin color against me and it's automatically assumed that when I'm a black person walks in it's like when I go to, I very rarely go to beauty. Well, I don't really need to go to beauty supply stores anymore because of my locks. But the majority of the beauty supply stores that are in our community are owned by Koreans. Okay, and so you walk in. You're in my community, making money from my community, and you're not putting a dime back into my community. All the money that you're making, you're taking it out and putting it into your own community. But yet, you automatically assume that as soon as a black person walks into your store, they're getting ready to steal. And I'm like, I just, I just can't. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's an everyday thing. 
and to have people who aren't, you know, that are from other countries come here and treat us any old kind of way just because of what they've been, you know, what they have been taught or what they have been learned, what they have learned or what have you, or they figure, or, or you know, just because of, you know, which is based built upon a lie, it's exhausting. And so, and then when you, you know, so there's this, this way, it's, in, it's like the, the, the unpublished hand, handbook of how you're supposed to treat, the, you know, the automatically treat black people as though they are criminals. And it happens with every. It's called a presumption of guilt. Yes. And it's unconstitutional. Uh-huh. Because the Constitution guarantees uh-huh. a presumption of innocence. Uh-huh. But you know when you're when you're busy when you're busy stomping a 29 year old skateboarder to death, I think that presumption of innocence is pretty well out the window. Right. You know, it's no di- You know, brothers like that are no different from I mean, no Jackson's character on just J- Django. You know. Yeah, I do. So it's like, and, but see, that also comes from a place of self-loathing, sis. It does. Because you have to hate yourself to a, in such a fierce degree that you have no problems whatsoever stopping to death of another black man. It has it, it, it has to come from somewhere, you know, that you just you just hate yourself, and therefore you hate hate your folks because you think you're presumed that you wanted a good one. Well, the funny thing, you know, the funny and it's not funny, curious thing is that there's always that you know we talk about presumptions of guilt and the like. There's there's always an abundance of grace for others. I got a story out of Charlotte uh, or out of North Carolina. Uh, it came from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, it's about a guy named Carlton Huffman. Uh, Carlton Huffman is or was a staffer for the maggot speaker of the North Carolina House, a Republican named Tim Moore. Well, oh, Tim Moore. Okay. Well, uh, he, uh, uh, Carlton Huffman, did uh, back in the uh, back in the 2010s was a frequent guest on a radio show called the Political Cesspool, and on that show he would rant about. Over 150 years of attempted cultural genocide that the South somehow has resisted. Consider, for instance, integration of the University of Mississippi. A very long fall from grace. And he was a member of the Council of Conservative Citizens, which is the bastard stepchild of uh, the... uh, uh, old white citizens councils 
and he got caught. Hmm. He's resigned. And now he says, those views that I expressed represent a time in my life that I'm not proud of. Views that I've shifted from, that I disavow. And yet he's still working for a racist AF speaker of the North Carolina House. You might recall it's the North Carolina legislature's wildly gerrymandered map that is at the center of a case presently being decided by the Supreme Court of the United States uh, because North Carolina's legislatures are arguing that the, uh, the courts of this state have no business uh, intervening in, in, our, in, 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 in how we draw our maps. The Constitution gives that only to the, sta- to the states. I'd say he ain't too he ain't too reconstructed. No, and thank you, um, Robert. You know, John was, you know, gutting the voter voting rights act so they could do, get away with this bullshit. And fuck you, Eric Holder and Barack, Barack Obama for not se- stepping up and doing something about it. Okay, I'm back. All better now. I'm all better now. I, sometimes you got to get this shit out. You know. You do. It's like you know, you know. It's like when you're all blocked up, and you just the only thing that will do it is a laxative or an enema or both. Yeah, I went there. Well, there went dinner in the Mountain Standard Time Zone. Probably billable ritual <laughs> snack too. At least it was me and not you. Fair enough. It's very rare. It's very rare that I, you know, that I I say something that's going to ruin dinner somewhere. That doesn't happen often. With you and I, when I, when no, you no. Usually, you've got I, you some know. pretty good food porn. In fact, right, absolutely. So far, be it for me to to fuck up somebody's food, but yeah, but still, because that's that's still that's still resi- that's still 2013. It still pisses me off that that you know they they pulled the okie doke. They gave me the right to ask my wife to marry me, but it but it fucked me in other any other state other than California, Washington, Oregon, New York, you know Massachusetts and Vermont or what have you, and you know that I wouldn't have to worry about if I moved to any other any of those other states that I would still be able to vote. To see that's how my mind works. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Well, listen, honey, I am going to run on and uh, let, uh, I think, a couple other people want to jump in. Um, oh, no, uh, exactly. So <clears throat> I wish I could help with, the, let me just do my, you know, spiel about your fundraising. Okay, oh. I just paid my tuition, so I'm capped out for a minute. But for those of you, know, like Robin said, 5, 10, 15, contribute something. You know, we we are blessed and honored and privileged that we have somebody like Robin who takes one for the team every fucking day to disseminate and to get out the information that so we don't have to so we don't have to watch the Morning Joe or listen to right wing radio or tele, watch right wing television and all this or read. The shit, the you know stuff that should be only used to wrap fish or line bird cages if there was still a lot of stuff in print. 
So you just basically, you know, so take that, keep that in mind when you're, you know, when you're buying that $5 uh, cup latte. And instead of buying the latte, send that $5. You know, I'm not even asking for the entire week. Just one day a week. Just one day. One, one day a week. Not to have fuck Starbucks and coffee bean and all the other, you know, high-priced coffee places. And send that $5 to Robin. And be sure if you send it to PayPal, make sure you add a little bit more so she, the fees don't, so she gets the whole amount of the contribution or the donation. So, you know, quit trip, you know, do what we can do because we need her. And I, you know, and we love her. So act accordingly. So on that note, I love you. I love you. That and was so sweet. Thank you. You know, I'm t- you know, so just totally be cool. And I, you know, and just enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> love you. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. One and only Tracy out on the mean streets of the greater Los Angeles area. And uh, we have we have um, uh, lowered the fundraising deficit a little bit. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much to, uh, uh, to Roger. Roger in uh, Ohio. Thank you so much. That got us down to uh, 8.15. And uh, Teresa in Maryland. Got us down to 790. Thank you so much. Um, just because an anonymous friend just got us down uh, to 740, and uh, I got a I got a little challenge in earlier. Not little, but I got a challenge in earlier uh, for uh, in honor of any new caller who chooses to ring the phone, call in, and that gets us down to uh, 7.20. A little bit more, and at least we won't have a four-digit fundraising hole tomorrow. So thank you. Uh, thank you so very much. Um, thank you, Jude, and thank you to our anonymous friend, and thank you, uh, Teresa, and thank you, Roger. Thank you all so much for being part of keeping this whole little broadcast effort alive. I cannot thank you enough. Ron in Raleigh said, you know, I find it odd. Only 17% of all police officers in the U.S. are black females. And of all police chiefs, 8.5% are black. Yet North Carolina has six black female chiefs. It's just a little odd, demographically speaking. I wonder... I, I wonder... Is there another state with more black uh, women chiefs of police? I mean, I think maybe a really huge state, but that I don't know how that would work out percentage-wise. Oh, and by the way, uh, I do have up o- over at the uh, up over. Yeah, I do have at the uh, uh, the Horn Facebook page and my page a uh, fundraiser, not for the program, but for the. Uh, for the for the uh, nonprofit that is nearest and dearest to my heart, talking of course about Coal River Mountain Watch. My my birthday is coming up, and so I put up the ubiquitous Facebook birthday fundraiser. It's not hard to find if you follow me on Facebook. 
and uh, trying to raise 500 bucks for Coal River Mountain Watch because you don't get any more grassroots than Coal River Mountain Watch. And I'm so hoping that eventually we can get back to uh, I'm hoping that we can get back to doing some of the work in D.C. that badly needs to be done. I'm waiting to see when and if the uh, ACE Act is going to be reintroduced. Uh, and, you know, Coal River Mountain Watch isn't some great big green um, with offices far away. The little, the little headquarters of Coal River Mountain Watch are right down there in Naoma, West Virginia, underneath an area that is routinely blasted to kingdom come. Mountaintop removal is far from over. The poisoning continues. The ruination of the land continues. The birth defects continue. The cancers continue. And I... Uh, well... The work is so vital and so good, and I hope just along the way that I can, uh, that uh, my friends on Facebook will help raise that $500. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and speaking, speaking of environmental justice, um, I'm proud of what the Biden administration did, announced today. They will complete a 20-year withdrawal of 225,504 acres in northern Minnesota forest, preserving it for the absolute life of the area. Uh, people may be familiar with what's called the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. It's in the general Duluth, Minnesota area. And it's going to be protected for the next 20 years. Um, because there are, there are forces out there, and I don't mind saying that they're forces of evil. There are forces out there who would like to mine that area to its absolute ruin. There are um, ricing areas, wild rice, that have been harvested for well over 10,000 years that are integral to the cultural traditions of indigenous people who live there, some of whom are my friends and whom I love. And so with Deb Holland at the helm of the Interior Department, um, well, she said today, the Department of the Interior takes seriously, and remember, Deb Holland is the first indigenous woman ever to serve as Secretary of the Interior. The Department of the Interior takes seriously our obligations to steward public lands and waters on behalf of all Americans. 
Protecting a place like Boundary Waters is key to supporting the health of the watershed and its surrounding wildlife, upholding our tribal trust and treaty responsibilities, and boosting the local recreation economy. With an eye toward protecting this special place for future generations, I've made this decision using the best available science and extensive public input. This follows on the heels of the cancellation by the Department of the Interior of two really vulgar mineral leases uh, that were held by a toxic outfit called Twin Metals Minnesota. Uh, they they were working in the wanted to work in the Superior National Forest, which is outside the Boundary, wa- boundary Waters area. And so, because of the decision, mining companies won't be able, for the foreseeable future, to destroy that precious area. I just happened to be looking at a story about this that came from Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda. And it is full of some serious bruga bruga bullshit. The headline reads, Biden administration issues 20-year mining ban as it turns to foreign supply chain amid green energy push. And then in the body of the article, they say, uh, as a result of the decision in the action Thursday, domestic mining companies will effectively be banned from operating in the region of the foreseeable future, and the forest's vast critical mineral resources will be left untapped. You know what else? The waters will be left unpoisoned. The wild rice beds will be left unmolested. The soil and water won't run with acid. Uh, the toxic mining company had uh, about uh, said that their project would account for about 88% of the nation's cobalt reserves and vast copper, nickel, and platinum group elements. Says Fox, such critical minerals are vital for various green energy technologies like electric vehicle batteries, battery storage facilities, solar panels, and wind turbines, which Republicans hate. Make up your mind, fuckwits. Are you for green energy or against it? And, you know, working both corners, uh, the Fox article says, uh, an electric vehicle requires 500% more mineral resources than a traditional gas-powered car, while a single onshore wind turbine plant plant requires 800% more minerals than a typical fossil fuel plant. How many people get uh, Hmm. asthma from that wind turbine plant? Right. Assholes. Those lands will be protected as they have been protected. 
And so Twin Metals Minnesota will have to poison someone else. Preferably no one else. And it's not like the technology is simply going to remain static. See, static electric cars. See what I did there? Yeah, don't try this at home. No. The technology will continue to advance. But what about the cobalt? Uh, some neo-maxi zoom dweeby. Uh, Republican Natural Resources Committee Chairman Representative Bruce Westerman from Arkansas said, If the Democrats were serious about developing renewable energy sources and breaking China's stronghold on the global market, they'd be flinging open the doors to responsible mineral development here in the U.S. We cannot have a future of renewable energy without minerals, period. Not to mention their necessity to our defense systems, satellites, cell phones, and virtually every other advancing technology. While Democrats play political ping pong with American industries, China and Russia are laughing straight to the bank. The administration's decision to withdraw this mineral-rich area, blatantly targeting one of our country's most promising mines, is a short-sighted, foolish, and completely unscientific. Unfortunately, President Biden doesn't seem to mind if Minnesota mining communities and the entire American economy pay the price. Oh, shut the fuck up. I love that line about uh, uh, what, what, what responsible mineral development. Dipshit, I've seen your idea of responsible mineral development. It may be responsible for a great deal of money going into your political donors' pockets, but there's nothing responsible about it for the people who have to live near it. There you go, Ralphs. Yep. Is that our first cowbell of the evening? We cannot have a mining gap. And a girl. You're right. Perfect. So good, good on you, Deb Holland. Good on you, Joe Biden. You got one right. Now take a look at Appalachia, huh? Pretty please. Meanwhile, the National Mining Association, which once uh, paid a, law, uh, a lawyer and lobbying group to say that um, birth defects in Appalachia, uh, that the science behind that was invalid because it didn't take into account the fact that Appalachian people like to fuck their brothers and sisters and get all incestuous. Yeah, they did that. Every time I see National Mining Association, I think of that. And those little fuckwits couldn't even spell consanguinity right. They spelled it with a Q. Consanguinity. Assholes. Uh, it's difficult to square the announcement of this here significant land withdrawal with the Biden administration's stated goals on electrification, the energy transition, and Supply chain security. That was Rich Nolan, who never has to live near any of the nasty shit that his clients do. At a time when demand for minerals such as copper, nickel, and cobalt are skyrocketing for use in electric vehicles and solar and wind infrastructure, the administration is withdrawing hundreds of thousands of acres of land 
that could provide U.S. manufacturers with plentiful sources of these same minerals. It's just it wouldn't nobody be able to live anywhere near that for as long as the as long as the plant as long as there's humans on the planet. Oh, I added that last part because it's true. In the end, by closing off more and more U.S. land to responsible domestic mining. There's that, you know, responsible for my cushy lifestyle. Instead of producing minerals here at home, creating high-paying American jobs, 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 and mining operations that will be conducted in accordance with the world's most stringent environmental labor and safety regulations, which the company will violate at will and and evade any punishment or penalties for, which are pretty weak in the first place. The administration is looking to stand up operations in the Congo and Zambia. Well, at least he didn't say Namibia. Oh well. I guess he got screwed out of cause, out of out of creating a cancer cluster in northern Minnesota for at least the next 20 years. Or until at least the next Republican president, because, you know, these are administrative rules, and an administrative rule can be undone as quickly as it can be done. That's the thing. You, you're, you're, never, you're never entirely safe. You have, to pass, you have to pass the struggle from generation to generation to generation, because these monsters will always be there. And they will always want what they want. And what they want is cash. Cash at any cost. Their calculations never... In, they, they never are forced... to calculate the costs that they externalize onto the communities that they poison, ever. And they never have to pay out those costs that they externalize onto the communities. So a few hundred thousand acres are going to continue to be livable space for the species on this planet. And it is a rich space. Oh, uh, Billable Rick says, my late afternoon non-snack. Robin, ha! Tracy missed the mark as I had absolutely no food in my mouth or gullet when she tried to gross out the horn community. Matt. So, uh, uh, by the way, um, Dr. John Eastman, remember him? Uh, used, uh, used to be a law professor. This is the guy who came up with the infamous... Uh, um, coup memo well uh, with 11 charges the California Bar Association is is uh, saying that he should lose his law license including among those charges and this is wow failure to support the Constitution and laws of the United States then there are two counts of seeking to mislead a court 
six counts of moral turpitude, misrepresentation, and two counts of just plain old garden variety, moral turpitude. Chief Trial Counsel for the State of California Bar, George Cardona, said, There's nothing more sacrosanct to our American democracy than free and fair elections and the peaceful transfer of power. For California attorneys, adherence to the U.S. and California constitutions is their highest legal duty. The notice of disciplinary charges alleges that Mr. Eastman violated this duty in furtherance of an attempt to usurp the will of the American people and overturn election results for the highest office in the land, an egregious and unprecedented attack on our democracy for which he must be held accountable. And they went right for uh, right for the jugular. And the respondent knew or was grossly negligent in not knowing that as an attempt to cast doubt on the results of the election, this statement was false and misleading in that as respondent knew at the time, there was no evidence upon which a reasonable attorney would rely of fraud in any state election involving deceased voters or otherwise which could have affected the outcome of the election. In fact, while Trump claimed that some 5,000 ballots in Georgia were cast by deceased voters, the Georgia State Election Board found just four, not 4,000, just four such votes, all of which had been returned by relatives. Interestingly, then, they took a look at Michigan and said, uh, similarly, Michigan's Office of the Auditor General uh, determined that only 1,616 votes in Michigan, or 0.03% of the total ballots, were cast by voters who were deceased on Election Day. Well, see? See? No, there's only one problem. They involve people who were alive when they voted before Election Day. God, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. So, uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for uh, getting us down to $720 to go. If anybody wants to kick in $21, uh, we won't have a four-digit fundraising hole tomorrow, which would be fantastic. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so much. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious, finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Steve and Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head-on.live. Brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head-on.live because no commercials. Please, when listening to this program, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. It makes a Brother Deacon awfully happy when you do. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, whom I mentioned earlier. Twenty years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice and operating on a shoestring and a proud union shop into the bargain. Please stay safe, get your booster, get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. 
RSV is still a nightmare in this in this seemingly interminable winter. Wear your mask. It's masking time again because the maggots won't get vaccinated. By the way, it turns out that the uh, bi- the bivalent vaccine is quite effective against uh, oh, what's it being called the uh, Godzilla variant or whatever. It's quite effective, and it'll it, it can keep you from getting symptoms and it can keep you from from the hospital. So get it. It's a good idea. But only 18%, I think, of Americans have gotten the bivalent booster. How about let's be part of the smart crowd, huh? Like I said, wear your mask. The maggots are a dirty lot, and they're disease spreaders. Not slurring them. It's just who they are. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer frequently. Take some with you, pocket or purse, both. Um, have a spare mask on hand. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And uh, uh, if some well-heeled son of a bitch in a um, bespoke suit uh, comes down the street complaining about, we're not going to be able to mine these beautiful, these beautiful, beautiful sources of cobalt and poison. Well, avoid that. Avoid that toxic. Maggot like the plague. You know he's a maggot. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.